0: Olympic City, and the home of Pikes Peak. This is the Automotive ADHD Show with Matt West. And here we are, rocking it on the Automotive ADHD Show. Matt West here, hanging out with you, talking cars on the weekend. Got a loaded show for you today. The U.S. government has said exactly how much money has been spent on EV tax credits and we now know that number we're going to talk about that. Also, I'm going to tell you how to not go to jail for speeding between Denver and Colorado Springs in 20 minutes, which it's actually it's actually pretty simple. Just um just don't do that. So we're going to talk about that, some new news on that. Also, a uh, sportball game of significance happened last weekend and there were some automotive ads um and the the best of which by the way wasn't even for a car if you can imagine that so we're going to talk about that i'm going to give you my reactions to that and we're going to play more of your car sounds on this edition of the show now <clears throat> i've got some i've got some sad news um which which is that i now own a Subaru. Yeah, I know it's it's really unfortunate. It's tragic. It's um, I don't know if I'll ever recover. <laughs> so so last weekend I found myself a well, l- let me let me skip back to the start here real quick, uh, because I'm going to give you my my rundown of my first week of Subaru ownership, uh, which it's probably exactly what you would expect uh, for for owning a Subaru for a week, a used one, no less, and one that cost as little as I paid for this one. But uh, OBD1 Kenobi, friend of the show, has this really fun flat six swapped Impreza hatch, like the GC generation Impreza hatch. It's really fun. It's got an EZ30 in it. So that's a 3.0 flat six out of a um, out of like a legacy or something like that. And anyway, it's really fun. It sounds like a Porsche. It's got the uh, WRX STI transmission, some axles, the diffs, all of the STI stuff on there. Uh, we're talking about the car, not the not the disease, obviously. But uh, anyway, so uh, it's got all of that. And he let me borrow it for the entire week during a snowstorm. And I uh, just for just for grins like, yeah, I've got my pickup truck. It, it's fine. You know, it's it, no problem. But just for grins. And I got to admit that it was it was really fun. It was more fun than it should have been. And so I said, you know what? At the end of the weekend, I want a Subaru. I like this whole Subaru thing. It's it's interesting. So I went on Facebook Marketplace and found myself a $2,800 WRX base model. It's a Hawkeye. It's an 07. It's a base model. I uh, impulse bought it. Everything seemed to check out when I bought it. That's important gonna tell you more about (laughs) more about that here in just a just a second uh but seemed fine you know the the guy i bought it from was like yeah hey my my daughter i bought it for my daughter so she could learn how to drive stick in it and uh turns out she couldn't drive stick which i think that actually means she didn't want to drive stick which that's more likely so anyway so what what ends up happening what ends up happening with this whole thing is um i buy it i drive it around it's fine. Yeah, it's a fun. It's manual. It's a base. I mean, it's base. It's the 2.5 NA, whatever. It's, it's, it's a base car. It's all wheel drive, so that's fun. Uh, but the problem here is being five days on. I already broke it. I killed it. Head gasket. Boom. The car started vaping. I mean, granted, you know, so I, I own a Subaru now. So you can you can expect me at some point on this show, especially if you're watching on video, which you can watch it on YouTube, Rumble, Facebook. Uh, wherever fine shows in this one are watched on the Internet. And uh, so if you start seeing me wearing snapback cat hats, getting my ears gauged and and vaping continuously, that's why. It's because I own a Subaru. That's that's the natural progression. Now, it's it's inevitable. I mean, it just happens. Um, so that being said, a couple days on, I think it's I really haven't troubleshooted it too hard yet. I think it's the head gasket could be. I'm maybe thinking valve seals. I'm not sure. I'm honestly not sure uh, because I, I feel like at least in uh, the the flat four is a new thing to me. So uh, the boxer engine, if you're unaware, Subarus have boxer engines, which means they're horizontally opposed as opposed to an inline. As opposed, ha, that's a pun there. Uh, as opposed to a inline engine or a V engine, a horizontally opposed engine, the the pistons go out to the side. Um, so. Um, so what what I what I found is that I was thinking like, well, maybe if like if you have bad valve seals, it can leak overnight. Right. Um, and that can leak uh, oil into the combustion chamber. I don't know if that's the case, though, because the engine's sideways. So I'm not really sure if that's the case. It's probably the head gasket. Who am I kidding? It's probably the head gasket. I should have expected this. In fact, I think this is probably a Subaru owner rite of passage, really, um, is, is blowing the head gasket. Only after like five days, too, which I, I, I don't know if that's probably not a record, just knowing other Subaru owners. That, that's probably not a record. So I shouldn't get too excited about that. Yeah, you're probably thinking, oh, yeah, guy buys Subaru, blows head gasket. Big news, big news. So, but I am, uh, I won't say I'm proud to say, but I am able to say I'm now part of the Subaru Ownership Club. But the real reason I bought the car was because OBD1 Kenobi had so, because he lent me his flat six swapped one. The problem is I, I want a flat six in it now. That's the biggest problem. Yeah, you can have a turbo. Sure, you can have a turbo. Turbos are great. Turbos are fine. Um, that flat six noise was so cool though. I'm I'm just saying. I don't do I have it queued up as a car sound? I don't right now, but you've heard it before. So anyway, interesting, uh, interesting stuff there. I will let you know how my continued Subaru ownership goes. And again, if I start uh vaping and Wearing funny hats and and getting my ears gauged out, then um, then you know why. Then you know precisely why. So <laughs> anyway, I'm probably going to flat six swap it. i was so hooked on that. That's the idea. I've already been looking on eBay for uh, drivetrains to, to put into it. And the good thing about Subaru, I will say, uh, in my first week of Subaru ownership, I changed the spark plugs on it. I did some other just basic maintenance. It's actually pretty easy. I've always had this misconception that, well, because it's a horizontally opposed engine and the cylinder heads are off to the side and wedged between the frame rails there, um, that it's hard to work on. It really wasn't that bad. Like, people are like, oh, yeah, spark plugs are terrible. Now, granted, this is the 2.5. It's an EJ. Um, I I understand on the FA series it's a little more difficult, but still, it wasn't that bad. Wasn't that bad. So anyway, speaking of cars with manual transmissions, I got to talk about this here. Before we wrap up the first segment, there are disappointingly few cars. There are few cars that have manual transmissions from the factory right now. And a couple of them, like we're talking brand new 2024 cars. And we're talking, there's a few. There are a few. The the saving grace for manual transmission lovers like myself and people who like rowing their own gears and all of that stuff. We've got a few cars on the market. We've got the 2024 Acura Integra. That still has a manual. We've also got the 2024 BMW M2, which is impressive because BMW is very much touting their electric cars, especially in some of their Recent advertisements that aired in a big sport ball game. I'll tell you about that later. Um, also, the 2025 BMW Z4, otherwise known as the brother of the Toyota Supra. Um, another BMW, uh, M3 and M4, those have manuals, at least in a couple of the trims, which is good, which is good. And then of all things, 2024 Cadillac CT4V, series, and that's the, the Blackwing series, I should say, the CT4V Blackwing series that surprises me because i don't think of cadillac owners as people who want to row their own gears i just don't um but but they do and apparently in this one and it's got a uh, 3.6 liter twin turbo v6 472 horsepower i guess gone is the super cool CTS V, you know the v8 supercharged one but we still have a manual so that is good uh they also have the ct5 v-series black wing um you can also get the ford bronco and this is a this one I really like because it's got this weird uh, extra gear. It's got an extra low crawler gear. It's technically, I guess, a seven speed, though it's not really one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's really crawl one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, which I guess it's semantics. Same difference. But instead of an extra overdrive, you get an extra low crawler gear, all good stuff, all good things few other things Ford Mustang we talked about the other week how Ford is saving the universe because they're going to continue making v8s probably with manuals also the Honda Civic Hyundai Elantra and Jeep Gladiator Jeep Wrangler lots of great cars you can still get manuals in the manual is alive and well now don't go anywhere we're talking sport ball game ads you know which one I'm talking about here after the break on automotive ADHD and now for how
1: things work with an engineer
0: rotary engines
1: regret and that was how things work with an engineer more of how things work can be found at facebook.com slash automotive adhd
0: Man. Oh man, listen to that V8 rumble. Also as it chirps its tires idling across the ground. Isn't that amazing? I love that. By the way, that car sound was sent in by Ryan. That is his 1965 Ford Falcon 2-door sedan with a 302 V8 uh, out of a 1968 Mustang GT and uh, this is really cool. So so Ryan sent that car sound to me, which by the way, you can do that on the Facebook page Facebook dot com slash automotive adhd and uh, i play your car sounds on the radio it's a lot of fun and you also when you send those car sounds in right now at least through the month of april you can get one of these automotive adhd keychains which is a nice embroidered keychain here it is uh, uh it's durable and it helps you fish your keys out of your pocket it tells people too when you set your keys down on a countertop somewhere that you have questionable tastes in automotive radio and podcast programming. So, uh, and on, in addition to the sticker, I'm not just giving you the sticker. You also get the, if you're watching on video, look on the back of my laptop. There you go. As heard on the Automotive ADHD show sticker. So, um, and I'm going to send uh, those out to uh, Ryan, and he's also going to be entered for a chance here at the end of the month to get a automotive ADHD $25 gift certificate, well, to a part store, wherever, you know, because every little every little drop in the bucket Helps when you're working on a project car, whether it's your daily driver, whether it's a blown up Subaru with a bad head gasket or whether it's Ryan's 1965 Ford Falcon two door sedan. So how about that? Now, the story here is really cool because he did send this in when he said it on the Facebook page. And he said that he had been looking for a car for him and his dad to work on. They both liked this Falcon. And after months of searching, they found this particular car. Now they said the car had plenty of body rust, some rot. Uh, he says, which is all fixed now, fortunately. And he picked it up for fifty-seven hundred dollars, which is a—it's uh, because that's a steal for for a, an old car like this now, a classic. That's not bad. It ran, it drove, and they drove it most of the way home until the heater core blew up. And then they decided, well, at that point, they'll play it safe and get it towed the rest of the way. Now, here's the cool thing, too. Ryan is 17. He doesn't know a lot about cars yet, but he does. I think he has good taste in cars. He's got really good taste in cars. And what's so cool about this is he's working on it with his with his old man. Uh, I think that's that's amazing. You need, especially if you're 17, you're a young car enthusiast, having something that you can work on with your dad, and learn cars but not just learn cars make some amazing memories uh with your dad that that's really cool so ryan again uh, i wish you the best on this car i hope you continue to send some build updates to the facebook page i want to see them i want to see this thing as it progresses because this thing is awesome and uh go ahead and send some pictures i'd love i'd love to see them so uh, thanks for sending that car sound into the facebook page again facebook.com slash automotive adhd now I got to talk a little bit about um, uh, EVs. Yeah, I know I've, I've been talking about EVs. I guess like once a show, pretty much at this point, in, in one way or another. But this comes by way of Reuters. Uh, hat tip David Shepherdson, um, who found that the U.S. has issued one hundred and thirty-five million dollars in advance EV tax rebates since uh, last year and uh, January first of um, uh, of this last year, and so. A hundred and thirty five million dollars. So if you're unaware, if you buy an EV right now. If you buy an EV and you you get a you get a tax break on it, basically, uh, you know, and people say, well, it's not the government paying for it. It's a tax break. You just don't have to pay taxes on that. Well, yeah, but the budget, the taxes still exist in a certain way. So by the government saying we're going to give you a seventy five hundred dollar discount, yeah, the government is paying for that. They are because they the the but they still have to bring money from the budget and from other places to fill that void. So yeah, and the taxpayers are totally paying for this. But um, so now right so prior to twenty twenty four, okay, so things have changed up just a little bit. But prior to twenty twenty four, um, if you're in the U S., you could take advantage of a seventy five hundred dollar new electric vehicle credit or four thousand dollars. For a used EV, and now, granted, you get that the following year when you file your tax returns, you get that money back. But that being said, um, that that being said, uh, you can also now in 2024 you can uh, transfer those credits um, to a car dealer at the time of sale. So um, the the what, what's happening here? So the background is you can you would get a 7,500 tax credit on your tax return. Now you can get uh, you can get that basically up front at a dealership is essentially what essentially what's happening here. And, um, uh, and, and and I have a correction to make. I said January of last year. I mean, January of this year, that's a big correction right there. I was getting ahead of myself. January of this year, January 1st, that is $135 million Um. in, in, tax credits. So uh, the IRS says they receive more than 25,000 time of sale reports, including more than 19,000 or 78% of those with advanced payment requests. And those advanced payment requests total up to about $135 million. And, um, and yeah, so no, I, I said big correction there. I said at the beginning of the segment since January 1st of last year, I'm thinking last year. No, no, it's 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 literally since January 1st. That's what I meant to say of this year. So, um, that's $135 million. And what I find interesting about this, okay, so the government, it's, it's the, the government says, Hey, we want more people to buy EVs. So we're going to subsidize that. And we're going to subsidize that essentially through these tax credits. And, you know, I mean, granted the government uses subsidies in various forms to stimulate or promote certain forms of industry. They've done that for as long as governments have really been around, but I don't see the sensible reason for subsidizing evs here especially when evs are as expensive as they are the prices are coming down sure they're coming down but when they're as expensive as they are and you're subsidizing evs for people who already make a ton of money well i won't say a ton i mean you could you i won't say i won't say a ton but when people who make a reasonable income can afford these evs because you're not you're not buying a 65, 70, 80, 90,000 EV if you're not making decent income. And yes, the tax break is nice and it would encourage people to get into EVs, but the fact is these EVs are already so expensive as is. In a weird way, you're causing because it's taxpayer funded, you're causing people who can also afford it the least, the single mom with a, uh, a clapped out, you know, 2002 Toyota minivan Living paycheck to paycheck, she pays her taxes, which is good. She pays her taxes, but in a roundabout way, she has a small part in paying for someone who can already afford an $80,000 EV to get a $7,500 discount on that EV. And we're not seeing any subsidies on other more, uh, you could say, environmentally friendly options. I mean, it's been really well established that hybrids, if you're really worried about the environment and your emissions, hybrids are really the way to go. Because there's still, I mean, there's still emissions and there's still going to be environmental impact from any car that you build, whether it's gas, whether it's electric, whether it's hybrid, whether it runs on fairy dust, whatever, it doesn't matter. So, um, you know, there's still going to be an environmental impact from that. But a hybrid is typically a really good route to go, especially when it comes to, you know, uh, actually going long distances, but being efficient while doing it. You know, hybrids are really good at what they do. But are hybrid owners getting the seventy five hundred dollar tax credit? Are they getting it up front? No. No, they're not. They're they're absolutely not. So by saying that they're trying to promote an environmentally friendly technology and subsidize this environmentally friendly technology by subsidizing EVs, does it make any sense to me? It doesn't. You should be subsidizing hybrids twice as much as EVs, if anything. And, you know, not to mention, why aren't you subsidizing gas cars that get 30 plus miles to the gallon, 35, maybe even 40 miles to the gallon? I mean, we had like amazing cars, even in the 90s, that could get 30 miles to the gallon. And if you were actually looking at the carbon footprint, I don't have the numbers. I didn't do the math on this right here. What has a bigger carbon footprint, a car that can do 40 miles to the gallon, but it's a gas car. It's small, light, efficient economy car or a 10,000 pound Hummer EV pickup truck. Which one of those impacts the environment more? And that's even assuming that We understand the entire environmental impact on these in the first place, which I would argue we don't. So, um, so to me, it's just, it's just bonkers that, you know, we have $135 million in advanced EV tax rebates since the first of this year. Uh, I, we're doing this here going into the, uh, second, third week of February. And, uh, and, and that is crazy. And now here's a, here's a quote, by the way, um, and this is uh, from uh, Deputy Treasury Secretary Wally Adameo, Adameo, Adem- there we go, um, who says, quote, one month into implementation of this provision, there is strong demand for this new upfront discount, which will continue momentum in growing this industry in the United States. Well, yeah, obviously, if you tell somebody that will give you $7,500 off of your new car, Of course, it's going to be popular. Of course, it's going to be popular. You're telling people that we're Uncle Sam, we're the government, and we're going to come in and give you $7,500 off of that car if you buy it. No, duh. Yes, it's popular, especially if you tell people the, the big difference here is that previously you had to file it on your taxes. Now you can ask for it up front at the dealership. Well, of course, that's going to be even more popular because you have to, you know, you don't even have to pay that money up front. That's seventy five hundred dollars extra in your pocket at time of purchase. So, I I think I I, I cannot back government subsidies on on this specific thing. Um, you know, there are times, very few, limited, you know, times where a government subsidy might make sense. Um, but especially in this in this instance, it seems misguided and misdirected when it comes to the goal of what they say they're trying to accomplish, which to me tells me they're trying to accomplish something different. But, hey, we won't get into that. Now, hey, don't go anywhere. We're going to talk more of uh, your car sounds. We're going to talk about that big sport ball game as well as a Colorado Springs to Denver record and why you probably shouldn't do that. So that's all coming up right here. You're listening to Automotive ADHD. Don't go anywhere.
1: At the Speed Council, getting things done fast is our priority. We do everything fast, from driving, working, sleeping, and eating.
0: Someone help, he's choking!
1: This is Tim. Hello. And by the time this ad is over, he'll have bicycled across the Earth 69 times. Nice. Even if our name sounds unfamiliar, you know our work. F1? Pfft. Child's play. The world's first supersonic jet? Yup. That was us. Apollo 11? Also us. The fastest animal in the sea? Hell, we even wrote the Wikipedia article. Fast. And we're so dedicated to speed that we've genetically engineered the world's 1st hyperspeed hyper-speed machine. With this scientific breakthrough, you can interact with and download your favorite automotive podcast a whole day early. How's that for fast? Learn more at Facebook.com slash AutomotiveADHD. This message approved by the Speed Council and the Church of Fast Things.
0: And there we go. Those car sounds from Jimmy Ford at the Pikes Peak International Hill Climb. I was just feet from him in a corner when he did that amazing flyby there. And there is a very good reason that I'm playing that car sound because uh, they knew competitor list for the now 102nd running of the Pikes Peak International Hill Climb has been released. Of course, by the way, you are listening to the uh, Automotive ADHD show here on the airwaves. Uh, Matt West here hanging out with you for the third half of the show now. Yeah, third half of the show. You can have three halves. Trust me. I can. I passed elementary school math, Uh, by the way. So speaking of Jimmy Ford, as well as some other familiar names i'm, I'm going to go through a couple of these right here um that now this list is this list is long i'm not going to go through all of them we're not doing that but we are uh looking at some other competitors who are making a return some names that are familiar uh we've got cody vasholtz running here in the hill climb um we've also got wait for it here paul gerard the stig running in the hill climb here wait i have a I have a sound clip for him. Here we go. No, I have no preference, whatever. Yep. Is it minty and can I brush my teeth with it? Yeah.
1: Can you do the checkered flag faster? Basically, yes. Doesn't yeah, make yeah. yeah we
0: don't think about things like that no. with much intensity. Do you
1: do whiter teeth?
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So that was um, I, I, I've i liked playing that interview clip here before. Um, I, I had one opportunity to meet the Stig. If you listen to the podcast for a while, you're familiar with that clip. Uh, but new listeners on uh, KRLN may not have heard it, but I had the opportunity to meet the Stig, you know, from Top Gear, like the the TV show, the Stig, the dude in the white suit who drives the race cars. Well, Paul Gerard was actually one of I say one of the Stigs. There have been a few over the years, but he was the man behind the helmet. Um, and, uh, and I had an opportunity a couple years ago to, uh, interview him briefly. And instead of asking him anything meaningful, I asked him what kind of toothpaste he uses. So, uh, of course that is the caliber of automotive talk show host you're, you're dealing with right here. That is, that, that is really exemplary of, of the caliber of show you listen to here. So anyway, um, now back to the list here, Jimmy Ford, Jimmy Ford, I played his sound clip. Can I get a drum roll on the desk? There we go. Jimmy Ford is making a return to the Pikes Peak Hill Climb. This time, he's still behind the wheel of a Ford, but not a Ford Bronco this time. A Ford Mustang. Now, here's the thing. I Here's, here's, here's the funny thing about this. Um, it says, if you look in the list here, the competitor list, Pikes Peak opened, Jimmy Ford, and he's racing a 2017 Ford Mustang. That's what it says. 2017 Ford Mustang really doesn't explain well what his car is. His car is Mustang and name only. I mean, it is a competition tube chassis race car that sort of looks like a Mustang. So anyway, either way, it's still Ford powered. It's still really fun. And uh big congratulations to uh, Jimmy Ford. I'm hoping to coordinate with him to get him on the show again. I'm going to reach out to him soon to talk about his uh, entry into the now 102nd running of the hill climb and Uh, Of course, I would love to support him with the show again for another year. So maybe maybe more to come on that we have yet to see. So there's some other cool things and there are some, uh, you know, interesting cars. I'm looking at the vehicles that are going to be at the Pikes Peak Hill Climb this year as well. And you got some uh, you've got a. Uh, 1993 Mazda RX-7. Uh, that's that's gonna be interesting. That's gonna be cool. There's obviously all these weird race cars and custom built stuff and Wells Coyotes and like 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 your, your standard hill climb fair. But I'm just looking at stuff that stands out. Um, Datsun 240Z, a 72 240Z. Oh, an S2000. Am I just picking the cool like JDM cars? Yes, I am. Yes, I, I totally am. Uh, <laughs> even though the other. The other race cars are way cooler, uh, to be honest. And, uh, there's some other, other fun things in here. In addition to Jimmy's 2017, 2017, I say in air quotes, Mustang, which it's, it, it's a lot more than that. I can tell you that much. Um, and, uh, there's going to be, there's some really, really interesting things here. Oh, oh, and then there's, um, uh, 1991 Nissan Pulsar GTIR driven by a team from Japan. That'll, that'll be cool. And, uh, yeah. I, I like this. I, I like this. I think this is an interesting lineup. Obviously the custom built race cars, the purpose built machines are always going to be the, you know, usually the loudest and the coolest, you know, and so there's going to be, there's going to be a whole lot of that stuff. Um, and then I think this is going to be, it's going to shape up to be a cool hill climb. It really is. And, uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that, looking forward to, uh, getting engaged with the hill climb and, uh, not going to make any promises yet, but I've been at the Hill Climb Fan Fest for two years running. I've had a booth out there. We've done the show live from there. It's been really fun and um, hoping to do it again, hoping to do it again. As soon as they open up registrations for those booths, I'm throwing my name in the hat. I want to do it again. It's going to be a lot of fun. You can join if you're in Colorado. I know a lot of my listeners listen on the podcast across the country, across the world, and you should still come to Colorado for the Hill Climb because it's really cool. So <laughs> there you go. Um now, aside from hill climb stuff, I do want to talk about something local. This has been sort of a local story that's also been a national story, and I haven't commentated on it yet, and, uh, and I really should, because this has made national headlines. I've seen people in different car groups and motorcycle groups talking about it on the internet, uh, and then, of course, locally, Colorado Springs to Denver in 20 minutes, YouTuber uh, posted a video of Colorado Springs to Denver in 20 minutes. Now, granted, this is um, uh, this is on a motorcycle. This isn't in an automobile. Yes, I know this is automotive ADHD. I get that. Um, I do know what the show's name is, but you know, we do love our, we do love our two wheel brethren, you know, on this show that were born with two less wheels than the rest of us. That's okay. We love them anyway though. And I, I am a a fan of motorcycles. Uh, I've got, if you're watching on YouTube and rumble, I'm here in the garage studio right now. And I do have a, uh, Honda interceptor sitting over here to my left and then the broken Honda S 2000, which is not a motorcycle, but two Hondas sitting in here. I, I do like motorcycles, uh, they're fun. They, they, they are fun. And uh, I wouldn't do this on one though. And uh, what happened here? And this goes back. The actual thing happened on September 28th. YouTuber Jixerbra B-R-A-H, not bro, brah, uh, posted a video uh, on his YouTube channel showing him going from Colorado Springs to Denver in 20 minutes. And he bragged about the high speeds he hit online. Um, and, you know, I mean, we're talking, you know, the, the news report says speeds of over 170 miles per hour. I think If you watched the YouTube video, which has now since been removed, I think I saw higher than that. I don't have the video to go back on and look at, though, because the video was removed from YouTube. But I recall when I saw it, when it came out, I think I saw 170 on that. Don't quote me on it, but I think I saw 170 on his speedometer. Um, And this is something that's just not good. We don't need more of this. Um, You know, and this ties into an interesting debate that last last week on the show, I talked about. Let's not have mandatory speed limiters. Let's avoid mandatory speed limiters in cars. And by extensions, I would say motorcycles. I still support not having mandatory speed limiters. Just because I'm saying I don't approve of this guy doing 170 miles an hour from Denver to the Springs doesn't mean I'm going back on my argument from last week. I think my argument still stands. But this is a reckless use of speed, and this is one of those things, too, that um, by the way, to give you an update on it. So this happened back in September. Now, as of um, uh, this past month, a few months have passed. Well, uh, El Paso County Sheriff's Office has said that they're looking for the guy. They got a warrant for him and there's all this stuff. So now they're, they're moving on this. Um, and, uh, and it's it's amazing to think that, wow, well, you, you posted a video of you doing breaking not just one law, lots of laws. Here's, by the way, what. Um, Colorado Springs police specifically, I should clarify, has issued the warrant for the arrest, um, uh, of him, which is menacing, engaging in a speed contest, reckless endangerment, reckless driving, speedy, speeding 40 miles per hour over the speed limit, engaged in an exhibition of speed. And the vehicle had no number plates, the license plate that that's the kicker right there. I mean, all the other things. Yeah, that's fine. No, no license plate. No, no, I'm just kidding. Um, Uh, uh, so the vehicle had no number plates, none of that. So, I mean, that's a hindsight. That's, 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 that's a small issue. But, you know, yeah, the, the main issue here is, is, is doing 170 miles an hour between the Springs and Denver. And we're going to talk about exactly how you can avoid going to jail for this yeah yeah well i'll tell you about that here coming up here after the break you're listening to the automotive adhd show you can hear it on several fine radio stations in colorado am 1460 and fm 101.1 the answer am 1400 KRLN and 91.7 klzr don't go anywhere we'll be right back colorado springs number one car show by default this is Automotive
1: ADHD.
0: All right. You are listening to Automotive ADHD. Matt West here, Hanging out with you, talking cars on the weekend. Before the break, I was talking about driving to Colorado Springs, from Colorado Springs to Denver in 20 minutes. And uh, how it's a very dumb idea and how uh, especially you shouldn't, you know, post it on the Internet. And, you know, this is it's a it's simultaneously a local story and a national story because it was such a big deal. It's made the national rounds. I mean, it's hit all the national news outlets. It's been on forums. It's been on all of this stuff. Uh, The update here, by the way, is that the actual YouTuber um, accused of doing it was arrested uh, last week uh, on Thursday and that's uh, just a few months now after he posted posted that video um of him doing springs to denver in 20 minutes um and and the problem here he you know yeah right i talked about speed limiters last last uh week and how they should not be used and i still support that speed limiters being mandatory and being installed in vehicles is bad but this is dumb this is very dumb now here's the thing he didn't hurt anybody which is good but that doesn't justify the fact that He's also the reason now people are are, are, you know, clamoring for like we want speed limiters because of guys like him. He is the reason that this is, you know, not just him, but in general, things like this are the reason people start, you know, demanding legislation, you know, and start demanding to criminalize everyone who likes cars and who likes motorcycles. And I think this is a problem. Now, before the break, I told you how you can not go to jail. For doing this. And it's really simple. Just don't do this. Just don't. That, easy answer. If you don't want to go to jail for doing 170 miles an hour between Colorado Springs and Denver, just don't do 170 miles between Springs and Denver and you won't go to jail for it. It is as simple as that. You thought I was going to say, oh, just don't post a video of yourself doing it. No, don't do it at all. And especially, come on, man, if you're going to do something like this and then post it on the internet, for millions of people, which this video got millions of views, it went viral. You don't think law enforcement's watching that? Come on. I'm just saying. I'm I'm just being frank here, right? You know, and I, look, you shouldn't do it, and you shouldn't post yourself doing it on the internet. Those are both recipes for a bad time, and he's having a bad time now. And he was arrested in Texas, by the way. Interestingly enough, they're saying Um, that he was not arrested on this warrant, of all things. He was arrested, according to Fox 31, uh, KDVR in Denver, he was arrested because of an assault warrant. He was booked on assault charges, entirely separate maybe from the the speeding charges here, even though the speeding charges do say menacing and reckless endangerment. Maybe someone could construe that into being attempted assault. I'm, I'm not really, I'm not a lawyer. I would say no, but it sounds like he just... Did some other bad shady stuff which obviously he didn't post any videos of that on the internet but they still got him on it so this is dumb don't do this and you know again it's ruining it for the rest of us enthusiasts who enjoy our cars and you know we enjoy our cars we're being law-abiding with them yeah we might have a little bit of fun with them might squeeze the skinny pedal for half a second um you should obviously do that on the on the track first and foremost but uh but you know the, the fact is that This is things like this. I'm not saying this single instant instance is going to be the reason we have speed limiters, but combined multiple instances like this, these are problematic. These are problematic indeed. Um, Not to mention the fact is people argue, well, yeah, but he didn't hurt anybody. He was riding good. You know, he was a skillful rider. Sure. He was a skillful rider. He didn't hurt anybody. That doesn't change the fact that this ruins it for the rest of us. Um, and also he shouldn't have done this, like, I'm not condoning it or saying he should have done it or, well, he should not have done it. I'm saying that officially, but, um, come on, man, you're doing it in broad daylight with traffic zipping between cars. At least if you're going to do some kind of like cannonball esque run, which, yeah, we have the cannonball run, which goes from New York to LA in a certain amount of time. You know, we have that. Um, do it. At, I'm not saying you should do it, but if you were to do it, why would you do it with people around? Why wouldn't you do this at like two 30 in the morning or something? I mean, granted, there's still deer and other things that could jump out. World of the story, don't do it. Just don't. So yeah, there you go. Um, if you don't want to go to jail for doing this, don't do it. That's official advice here. It seems silly, but that's the, uh, that's the official advice here. So anyway, there you go. Um, I promised I would talk about A certain sport ball game that happened last weekend, um, or so I'm told uh, that it happened last weekend. And in this game of significance, um, there were several TV ads that aired during the the game, some of which were for cars. And uh, I have some opinions on on these car commercials as a whole. Uh, I I mostly watch the game for the car commercials. I have to admit, you know, uh, people are like, oh, you like cars and you like racing. You must like football. I don't I neither like or dislike it. I'm just, uh, you know, casually around it. And uh, I, I I can't claim that I had a dog in the fight for this this uh, team for either team in this uh, in this game. I, I really didn't. Uh, maybe if it was the Denver Broncos, I would I would care a little bit more but it wasn't uh, but anyway so uh the automotive ads we had a number of them uh everything from bmw irritating christopher walken with the advertisements uh via vw is trying to shill more evs on us that by the way you can get this 7500 tax credit for which i talked about in a previous segment uh and you know my thoughts on that um but we some of them were clever but I feel like we were missing out on really good, clever Super Bowl ads. And I feel like we were. Um, like, there there have been really funny ads in the past. I mean, really tremendous, tremendously good, you know, moves of marketing and advertising and all this stuff coming together. I feel like ads lately have been boring. And I feel like Kia's mostly been the been the fault of this but um that being said i think the best ad yeah yeah bmw is like okay we've got an ev and we've got christopher walken in there um and usher was in the ad too so you know yeah let's get some some you know celebrities who are past tense you know in in there you know who are former i won't say former celebrities they're still celebrities but they're not in the mainstream eye right now let's let's bring them back in you know kind of bait people on nostalgia with it uh but some of the ads i thought were the most interesting uh, was Kawasaki? Kawasaki wasn't even selling a car, and I think they had the funniest and best Super Bowl ad. Um, they were selling one of their Kawasaki side by sides, and to paint a picture for you, a couple guys get into this Kawasaki side by side. They turn it on, and they turn on the you know HVAC in it, you know, showing that it's got you know AC and stuff in it. And then they immediately grow mullets, and and this is <laughs> like poof hair. Pops up on the top of their heads and around the back of their necks, and they've got these beautiful manly mullets. And they start ripping this side by side through the woods and having fun with it. And um, and, and I think this was pro- perhaps one of the best ads of the whole game, uh, at least automotive related. And it wasn't even for a car; it was for a side by side. And it was great, though. I mean, like y- you think of silly Super Bowl ads, like there was a there was a, a bald eagle, you know, an American bald eagle. In, in the shot with this, and it had a mullet too. I mean, these are these these are the cheesy, dumb things I expect from ads during this particular sporting ball game, and um, and I liked it. I liked it, and it, they weren't selling a car. And the the I say the only downside to this. Advertisement for this uh, Kawasaki side by side. is by the end of the ad, I didn't really want a Kawasaki side by side, so I think it missed the mark there. But instead, I do want to grow a mullet now. I, the, the ad did have that effect on me. I do want to grow a mullet. So um, uh, take it or leave it. That's 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 kind of kind of my thoughts on there. So uh, if I grow a grow a mullet here, you'll you'll know why obviously um now a couple other ads though i mean we had kia showing off their ev9 suv thing and it shows a man's granddaughter i think ice skating in a you know skating rink and then she goes from this professional skating rink to in front of his house where there's a pond frozen over and she skates there and he starts crying and you know we all think he's crying because he's seeing his his granddaughter you know skating and being happy but i think it's really because he's I think he's actually crying because he remembered that he owns a Kia and a teenager with nothing but a USB cable came along and has already stolen his Kia. That's that's my theory uh, on that advertisement. Um, And then DoorDash, DoorDash, kind of a car ad, I guess they had the EV9 thing in it. They had that in there, too. So anyway, my take back, uh, my takeaways from the Super Bowl. I mean, BMW irritated Christopher Walken. VW, they sold us, wanted to sell EVs. Kawasaki wants us all to grow mullets and um, Kia, well, their cars get stolen. So I, I don't know what to do about that. But hey, thanks for listening to the Automotive ADHD show. Thanks for all the radio stations who get this on the air. I will see you next week. Remember to catch it as a podcast on YouTube, Rumble, Spotify, wherever fine shows and mine are downloaded. We're talking more cars next weekend.